it is nice to know where the baby is, but I'm actually looking at the position of the uterus, yes. not the position of the baby. Because the baby, babies are like water. They occupy the space available. And we've got to make the most space available for the uterus in order for the baby to be in their best position. Welcome to the One Strong Mama podcast, the no BS show that's not afraid to get real about all things pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and beyond. We're talking with visionaries who are challenging the status quo and changing the world one pregnancy and one birth at a time. I'm Lindsay McCoy, mama four, exercise physiologist, doula, and childbirth educator. My passion is making pregnancy, childbirth, and recovery better. And I'm also passionate about coconut LaCroix. And I'm Lauren O'Hayan, a mom of three girls, lover of all things tropical. I have never had coconut LaCroix. And I am known for my work with the core and pelvic floor. Body work is so much more than moving someone's meat around. That's what she said. Today's episode is with my good friend, the amazing Adrienne Caldwell. We dive into some really juicy info from what patterns she sees most commonly with her diastasis clients, prolapse clients, and those wanting to get their babies into a better position. We talk about a potential tight ab breach correlation and just so much more. This human is a treasure trove of info about the pregnant body. And anyone working with this population or anyone planning to be in this population needs to listen to this episode. Adrienne Caldwell is a board-certified licensed massage therapist who specializes in body work and massage for people in the child-bearing year. She is certified in prenatal and postpartum massage and body work, orthopedic integrated manual therapy, that is a mouthful, reflexology, <laughs> and chair massage. Adrienne has been a professional body worker for 15 years and a prenatal specialist for nine years. Her private practice is in St. Louis Park, Minneapolis. Thank you for being here. I've heard so much about you from Lindsay. She always tells me about her like genius massage body worker friend. So <laughs> it's nice to finally get to chat with you. Thank you, Lauren. It's a and pleasure to be here with you too. And we like to start with our guests telling us how much they love us. No, I'm kidding. And we, we like to begin. Well, I do love you. Aww. And we love you. I See, this is the thing. I want to I just say this before we start, that I feel like the dynamic duo, so to speak, is like really good exercise programming and a really good body worker. And mm -hmm. so yes. us joining for like so many people like since Adrian and I work in the same area, so many people work with both of us at the same time. Mm -hmm. And I just see so much benefit to getting someone to move your meat around and then moving your yes. meat around yourself. Oh, uh, it's been Lindsay. And again, I tell people all the time when I am telling them about your program and Lauren's program that Lindsay and I have been working together probably for close to a decade now. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. That's incredible. And so tell us, we like to start with our guests telling us how you got to where you are and how did you become the, that's what Lindsay was telling me that like, it's impossible <laughs> to get an appointment with you because apparently yeah. you are the go-to body worker for prenatal. I, we want to hear yes. about your story. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, it actually, um, it started 
in high school, when I was really young, I um, really had a genuine interest in learning how to do body work. I taught myself how to do reflexology. I taught myself how to do some basic massage out of a hippie book that I found in a bookstore. And um, then being a good little middle-class girl, I went to college and got a couple of degrees and um, got tired of kissing professorial derriere and decided to go to massage school. And it was like coming home. It was amazing. After my first class, I was like, this is what I should have been doing. (laughs) I love it. And um, I got into the prenatal care after my daughter's birth uh, because we had a really complicated birth. And when I went back and read my notes, I saw several things that I really genuinely felt could have been prevented with good, solid, therapeutic, orthopedic-minded bodywork. And I started searching for people who were doing that, for people who were pregnant, and I could not find anyone. I was really, really fortunate that Gil Tully of Spinning Babies took me under her wing and taught me a lot about birth and pathology that happens in pregnancy and how babies get stuck and positioning. And um, then, of course, the rest of her team also just really surrounded me and supported me. Um, Kate Jordan from San Diego. She has been a mentor of mine for for many years now. Uh, She's one of the pioneers of prenatal therapeutic massage and body work and um, is one of the first people that really started advocating that pregnancy is not a disease. It's perfectly normal and pregnant people should not be treated as something fragile that we can only do relaxation massage for. Uh, one thing that many, many people are taught in their initial massage training is that we cannot do anything beyond relaxation massage during pregnancy unless we get special permission from the providers. So, wow, I had many no hours idea that was a thing. I that no is idea. a thing. Wow. Yes. Because there's so much you can do during pregnancy. Oh, just, so much. I mean, I mean, I, yeah. It's what are I your re- main things? Like, what do you see the most often in a pregnant person that you're always releasing or you're always dealing with? Oh my gosh. Dominant side restriction is like the biggest thing. <laughs> can you say that in English? Sure. So what that means is that whether you're pregnant or not, we, it's my observation and many, many other, like thousands of other people's observations that we tend to be shorter in the soft tissue on our, on our armed dominant side. So whichever hand you write with, you tend to have shorter muscle tissue on that side, whichever side you tend to, throughout the whole body. It's a, it's a, it's a unilateral thing typically, unless you have had uh, tra- physical trauma of some sort. So the exception would be car accidents, rolling down a ski hill, falling off a dock, you know, th- things like that, that would happen in everyday normal stuff. And so teaching, I really, really advocate for people to teach themselves how to do fine motor activities with the non-dominant hand. Um, yeah. 
And that's, you know, a lot of people are like, oh my God, that sounds so scary, but it's not. And um, usually the, the people who do start doing it, they really do start to notice a difference in the way that their body feels and the position of their uterus. Because when I'm working, you know, it is nice to know where the baby is, but I'm actually looking at the position of the uterus, yes. not the position of the baby. Because the baby, babies are like water. They occupy the space available. And we've got to make the most space available for the uterus in order for the baby to be in their best position. So you, I want okay. you to say that again for the people in the back. <laughs> yeah. Because okay. The people, yeah. The uter- <laughs> okay. We're all like, ah, oh, so much to say. The ut- Because so many times people come into our Facebook group and they say, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, my baby's OP. Mm-hmm. And they're like 30 weeks pregnant. Right. And it's no, and it's no big deal. Right. I know. I, and it really, it was such a a huge aha moment for me when I started noticing like, oh, we released the round ligament and the breech baby turned over. And it's like, oh, the baby turned over because the breech ligament was holding its shoulder down or its butt down. And as soon as the butt was free, the baby had enough room to be able to turn over. So it's not about it's so for the people in the back, (laughs) it's not about the baby position. It's about where the uterus lies in the abdominal pelvic cavity. And we have to make room for the uterus in order for the baby to find their best position. Okay. And so let's go back to connecting the dots because I'm a really big fan of connecting the dots. And a lot of the work I do with my clients is unraveling their movement patterns Yes. And, and helping them find, so I'm not a big fan of like, we need to get symmetric, right? Where none of us are symmetric. Correct. But but a lot of my clients with a prolapse and a diastasis recti also have um, a lot of spirals happening in their body. They they know how to get from their house to the deli one specific way. They don't have a lot of paths. A lot of routes. They don't have a lot of routes available to them to get from their house (laughs) to the store. So uh, you know, it's less about when, you know, when you can write, if you're left-handed, if you can write with your right hand, you'll be perfect and fine and everything's done. It's more about, let's see what we can be curious about. So I'd like to know mm-hmm. in your line of work, how does the dominance short-sighted tissue show mm-hmm. up in the uterus? <laughs> so it, it really, it's so variable. For example, I have um, a lot of folks in my practice who are left-handed, but are tight on the right side. And when I start asking them questions about their daily habits um, and their exercise habits, one of the first things I ask them is, when you go to do your exercise, do you lead with your left leg or do you lead with your right leg? Mm-hmm. When you hold groceries or your mm-hmm. shoulder bag, do you put it on your right shoulder or do you put it on your left shoulder? Yeah, I have a list when, of like 10 of those questions that I asked. Right, exactly. Yeah. Because there's just because you're right handed or left handed does not mean that the dominance is only on that side of the, right. of the body. It's right. extremely rare that dominance is unilateral throughout the entire body. Most people are left eye dominant, right hand dominant, left leg dominant. And so that, and that I think is part of the body's way of, you know, 
balancing itself out so right. that we Finding don't literally walk right. right right don't walk around in circles all day um, I really talk to people about exploring spontaneous movement. I'm a really huge fan of unwinding mm-hmm. and really encourage people to allow their bodies to let go and move in safe spaces that um, they can just see. Like, So if I just stand and do flexion and extension with my arms, what do I feel in the rest of my body? Mm-hmm. And how how does the rest of my body want to respond to basic flexion and extension in my arms? And I have the experience in my practice that when people do practice this and they start doing spontaneous unwinding with themselves, that they're able to be more comfortable in their gait their hip extension actually happens rather than the Midwest. I don't know if you guys have this on the East Coast, but here in the Midwest, everybody pulls themselves forward with their mm-hmm. legs. They, it's yep. so they rare trudge. to see someone. Right. They, yeah, they, it's so rare to see someone with genuine hip extension. And once once the spontaneous movement starts, that's like one of the first major things that I notice is like, oh my gosh, look, you have hip extension. And and then the pelvis starts to come out of that classic interior tilt that we see so often in pregnancy. And then lo and behold, the uterus will start to center itself. Um, it's one of the reasons that I'm such a huge fan of um, standing sacral unwinding at the wall. Um, it's one mm-hmm. of my favorite tools. And I feel like it's really, really underused. Um, that technique was developed by Dr. Carol Phillips from um, Dynamic Body Balancing. And Those are all I very say, somatic, grounded movement techniques that and you're I've, referring I've to. seen, and I've been to Adrian Wall pregnant for my own body work. And I remember you're, you know, getting the massage, but prior to that, you had me walk down the hall and you watched me. And I, yep. I feel like not enough body workers are no. willing to or maybe knowledgeable in more than just the relaxation aspect. Mm-hmm. You are there, really it, looking at the whole body and how yeah. it works. It really, it takes a lot of self-motivation. I've learned, because um, I do, I teach body workers as well. And um I, it's, it's been, it's been a genuine pleasure to get to work with such a wide variety of folks. Um, but I have found that there is a definitive absence of structural analysis in the education of massage therapists. Uh, and I'm not sure why. Um, yeah, because people so. are lying on a bed being passively worked on. I, it, yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm now doing my uh, Restore Your Cord teacher training. And the first thing we start with is gait analysis. Before we get into anything, mm-hmm. I teach gait analysis. And I have about four massage therapists in this round that I'm doing. And they have all messaged me privately to say, WTF, I never learned any of this. And I've been mm-hmm. in practice for 20 years. And so yeah, it is, it is, yes, you're right. A lot of body workers, depending on what their training was, haven't yes. really been given those tools. And it sounds like what you're saying, and I wanna I wanna talk about this a bit, but it sounds like what you're saying is you can really stack the cards in your favor by not only lying down for a passive massage, but by having a look at how your structure might be affecting 
the placement of your uterus, so to speak. Exactly. Would you agree and with I, that statement? Okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. And uh, literally everybody who comes into me, we do structural assessment first before we do anything else. They're not even allowed to lie down on my table until I watch them walk down the hall. I get down on my knees in front of them. I do an eye level assessment of, you know, where's the pelvis hanging out? Are the quads allowing the knees to go in the correct track of the patellar cup? I can't remember the actual name of it. Um, What are the calcaneal tendons doing? What are the feet doing? How are the glutes sitting? Where's the aces? Where's the pieces, all, all of those things. And I want, and I also look at head position and shoulder position and arm position. And then I talk to the individual about what I'm seeing. And together we set out a plan for the day because the next time I see them and I do the structural assessment, things are going to be different as long as they've been doing their homework <laughs> and then we're going to make a new, and then we're going to make a new plan. And, um, yeah. I, I see, I see the most progress in people who are curious about their posture, are curious about their gait, are curious about communicating with the baby and their own body um, when it comes to doing the self-care at home and doing the homework at home and then following through and also, you know, hopefully picking up one strong mama and then postpartum doing the restore your core stuff. So, and of course, I'm um, wondering where your thoughts lie with, cause I'm, I work so similarly to you and I think Lindsay of course mm-hmm. does too. And we train in the, in our professional training, the BRM, we're training mm-hmm. the professionals to be able to assess but yes, considering I'm very careful when training people to assess that they're not jumping to conclusions. Oh, you've been wearing heels your whole life. You're going to have a prolapse. Oh, your right. calves are tight. <laughs> your pelvis is going to suffer. Oh, you know, because it's right. so easy to make these extrapolate. You can really lead people it down is. into like fear, anxiety, stress Yeah, with the alignment and postural work. So how do you, yep. how do you play with that? So I, because I'm a massage therapist, I'm not allowed to diagnose. And so what I tell people is that I'm a pretty decent suspectician, but I'm, I'm also wrong sometimes. Um, and I make sure to point out what is right when I'm yeah. looking at them. And I make sure to point out that this is absolutely average. I see this every single day. It's nothing to worry about. You know, yeah. we can take care of this in about 10 to 15 minutes and move on to the next thing. Um, and, you know, I do, I have a mental health question on my intake because I mm-hmm. really feel like it's important to know where people are in in their mental health um, before I get my hands on them. Uh, If I've got somebody who's suffering with anxiety and depression, you know, I, we're going to keep it so positive. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It is so important. It is so important. Yeah. Yeah. It is so important. Yeah. The thing I love about you, Adrian, is that, and I think a lot of body workers could be as successful and in demand as you if they do this, is that you don't just lay them on the table. You give them homework. You don't, yep. I think a lot of us are, and a lot of people in our society want the quick fix or the thing they that do. doesn't take a lot of effort. So going mm-hmm. to get a massage, you know, doesn't take a ton of effort. And then you go home and you think, and I see this a lot, and you probably even see this to people who go to you. They 
you know, they pay, they get the massage, they think they're good. But what you're saying, and I know it doesn't always, it sometimes falls on deaf ears maybe, is you're saying, here, I'm going to do all this body work, but then here, I'm going to have you do these exercises. I'm going Mm -hmm. to talk to you about how you're walking and how you're sitting. And I think, I think that's amazing. And I wish more people would understand how you truly get results. It's not Mm -hmm. passive. So I love that you do passive body work, but it's not passive, right? Correct. That is correct. And I, you know, a lot of folks, every, on the very rare occasion, I get somebody who comes in and has no idea what they, what I do. And they're all upset because we're doing a 30, 45 minute intake. Right. Yeah. And they're like, (laughs) I just just needed my shoulders. Right. Yeah. Yes. And then the final question is, well, why are you here? And, and then they, they have to, they have to figure that out. Like what, what's actually motivating them to come and get care. Um, and yeah, some people need relaxation. It totally has its place. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, if you want your, your body to feel good and you want to be able to move well, um, you have to participate in your own care as well. Um, and I really, I really try to drive home to my students and to my clients that it's so important for this to be a good relationship of equal decision-making and equal power when doing this type of work. It's about giving people tools and the information to make choices that are going to work for them and that will fit into their daily lives. Uh, A lot of the time, particularly when I get breach families into my practice, you know, I've got a list a mile long of things that they potentially could do. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I tell them is you need to ask yourself three questions. Does it feel productive? Does it feel safe? And does it feel right? And if all three of those boxes are checked, go ahead and do the thing. If one of those boxes are not checked, don't do the thing. Because then there's something that's not right. And it's super important for people to learn to trust their intuitions about how their bodies need to move, what's going to be productive for them, and what fits into their daily lives. Because you can't, you know, if you did all of the things on my list, you'd spend 90 minutes a day, two to three times a day doing all of the things. And that's not a reasonable expectation for people. Um, So I really feel like it's important to give people permission to say, nope, I'm not going to do that one today. Um, but it feels like a good day to do something else. So, and what do you see as, um, like the biggest, most common patterns that you're seeing? We had started talking about it and I think it's, I love this subject. So, you know, when you're thinking about stacking the cards in someone's favor, what are some Mm -hmm. primary areas that you're looking to balance? I primarily am working on resolving anterior tilt in the pelvis. Um, I feel like um, the pel- and, and typically there's there's a twist in there as well in like probably eighty percent of the people that I see. Mm-hmm. Um, and so figuring out what muscles and which um, connective tissue structures are causing the tilt, which habits are causing the tilt, and having a discussion about 
well, how can we gently and carefully re-educate not only your, your conscious brain, but also your subconscious brain and your central nervous system to help resolve these things. So, you know, I go in, I always open up the interior part of the body first because 99% of us are stuck in flexion. Mm -hmm. And then we go and work on the ouchy low back and glutes. (laughs) And I also find that the glutes tend to be shut down in like 90% of the people that I work on. And so I, I feel super, super lucky that one of my teachers taught me this really fancy, unfancy thing called uh, motor neuron gamma stimulation. And uh, one of my clients lovingly renamed it butt fluffing. Um, <laughs> I teach this to people and I say, this is an Adrian thing. Yes. Okay, sign me up. <laughs> yes. Um, and it works so well. It's so amazing. It's so easy to do and it wakes up the glutes. And as long as they're doing regular movement, it holds and it sticks, uh, which is so nice. Um, the other thing that I really see a lot in pregnancy and, and postpartum, and I consider postpartum stretch two years is, um, hamstring dysfunction and adductor mm-hmm. dysfunction. And it's, it's amazing to me how shut down and unbalanced those muscles are in terms of tone and function and atrophy in some cases. Uh, there are some adductor muscles on folks that I'm like, have you been sleeping for 10 years? Because that's what it feels like. Well, it makes so. sense if you are holding a baby, especially postpartum, and you're thrusting your body forward. You know how right. we do to keep the baby on us and they're heavy. And so we thrust our whole body forward. We don't mm-hmm. use the backside of our muscles at all. That, so yes. <laughs> and yeah. all the issues that come along with that. Yes. And that's the great thing about the whole fluff move. You can do it on any part of the body. You have to know what direction the muscle fibers go in order for it to be effective, but you can, you can do it anywhere and help to start wake up those motor gamma neuron, the motor neurons so that they're firing in the correct order. And so that the synapses are able to open back up and receive the chemical signal for the muscles to do their job on a, on a molecular level. Yeah, the basic way that I describe that to my clients is that what we're looking to do is send like brain map, like send the brain to that part of the body and say, hi, this is me, I'm here. And then you can, once there's an awareness there, then you can ask for more. You can ask for control. You can ask for movement. You can ask for tone. You can ask for loading, but you can't ask a body part to do something when it doesn't even know it's really a part of the system. Yeah. I like that analogy, Lauren. That's really nice. I don't know if it's a similar, I don't know if that's what yeah. you're doing in, but I'm going to turn it into ass fluffing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to make it a New York don't term. like that, right? Yeah. That's... Yeah. All the Midwesterners. <laughs> when you fluff your ass. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So that's, yeah, I see a lot of hams in prolapse. I see a lot of mm-hmm. hamstring adductor stuff as well. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, you know, the hamstrings and adductors for people listening who are not uh, doing a lot of anatomy training, they attach onto the pelvis and they can really affect pelvic positioning and thereby, you know, the uterus sits inside the pelvis. And so if we go back to our original kind of train of thought with uterine positioning, would you say 
that pelvic positioning can influence uterine positioning? 100%. Yes. Yes. I have an advanced anatomy class that that I teach that um, we pick five structures and we talk about how those structures affect the uterine positioning directly and indirectly and the chains that they attach to in terms of um, the antagonist, agonist, and synergist. And in English, that means mm-hmm. the muscles <laughs> that work, work together and work against one another in the pelvis to help create balance. This episode is brought to you by the One Strong Mama program, the game-changing prenatal and postnatal program that prepares the body for pregnancy, birth, and beyond. Based on the Body Ready Method, teaching birth and fitness pros how to assess and train prenatal clients. Go to onestrongmama.com to learn more. Is your Do you take a more um, lever and pulley mechanical view to the body, or do you take a more um, a, a tensegrity approach to... I, I'm... I'm closer to tensegrity. I was educated in lever pulley land. I think a lot Um, of us were. Yep. But the tensegrity model makes a heck of a lot more sense and it works in the fascial system. And considering that fascia covers pretty much every single cell in the body, Mm -hmm. that's the system that we really need to be paying attention to when creating balance in in not only the soft tissue, but also the bony tissue. Um, I'm, I'm really working on wrapping my head around a concept that I recently learned that bone is fluid, not, not hard and solid. And so it's, It's something that I'm, I'm unlearning and then relearning the fluidity of the bone. And the more that I embrace the bone is fluid, I, I'm not only seeing better results in my work, but I'm also seeing, seeing results in my clients' understanding of how their bodies are working and how in the world do you get a nine-pound baby through a 10-centimeter hole. <laughs> Right. Correct. That's the question of all questions, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Because it's not solid. It's fluid. And no. That's, and I that's think people how it works. See, yeah. I think when I'm, I'm thinking that when you say fluid, you you don't mean fluid. Well, I don't know what you mean, but I'm hearing and what where the way I see the bones are, they're fluid in the way muscles are, and they're no different Correct. from muscles, and they're no different Correct. from. Muscles, tendons, ligament to bone is actually all very much of the They're same substance. All, yes. Layered and it's and constructed a, in a different format. Mm-hmm. Correct. Depending on how we use them and how we've evolved use adaptation and all of that stuff. As opposed to saying muscle bones are made out of water or that kind of right. fluid. Like bones are <laughs> bones are liquid. That's not what you're saying. You're saying that's that not are, what I'm saying. They are yes. constantly building up, breaking down, adapting, shifting, changing, evolving. Correct. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So yes. you yeah. know, I want to talk to you for another seven hundred hours, but we don't really have that luxury. <laughs> I would love to talk for a minute about and um well, a reminder that our the people listening to us are primarily birth professionals. So mm-hmm. do you see, I'm just going to say the question, do you, ha- do you notice a correlation in your practice between people 
who have a diastasis recti and abdominal separation and or a prolapse and very tight, the whole oblique line. So the diaphragm is tight, the obliques are tight, the ribs are not mobile. Do you see that connection at all? I do in my practice. I'm curious. I, I do see that connection uh, and at a really high ratio, I see that connection. Okay. Um, when, when I get folks coming in who have the diastasis and or the prolapse, one of the first structures that I go to is the respiratory diaphragm yeah. and then the intercostals on the ribs. Mm-hmm. Um, and those sessions, um, the, the person that I'm working with, I tell them ahead of time, uh, the term I use is I'm going to pancake you on the table. Mm-hmm. And that means that they're going to be turning a lot because we, in, I find um, in my, at least the way that I work, that if we do, if we do a little bit on one side and then we do the same thing on the other side and just go back and forth and try to release everything three-dimensionally and literally following the spiral chain of torsion that can happen with the diastasis and the pelvic floor prolapse. Um, I see a lot more success and I see a lot more ability for people to be able to start their recovery, particularly if they're combining it with your guys' programs. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I love body work. I love, I just love that you do this. And I don't know that everyone really gets that, that that's a thing that you can go to someone, they can release your obliques. Mm-hmm. Right? right. Yeah. Collectively as, as a species, humans have lost their internal knowledge of their bodies. And so one of my goals is to get you know, gross anatomy back into the public mind, which is one reason why I do speak science to everybody, uh, because I really feel like it's important for people to know, like, you have quadriceps on the front, you have hamstrings on the back, you've got adductors on the inside of your legs. Just even knowing those basic things can give people so much power in terms of sparking that curiosity so that they go and look at an anatomy website. Um, now that I'm doing online sessions, I just send my, my link to them for the anatomy expert website. And I'm like, go oh, check this, one, this out. If you're curious about what this is that you're working on, here's, here's a picture. Um, yeah, my so. diastasis clients are always shocked that diastasis affects their digestion so much. And it's always a conversation (laughs) of, but your core musculature is your digestive musculature. Like we cannot separate out those systems. And I think again, Mm -hmm. we've been so trained that the organs do one thing and and it's the same with the uterus, but the uterus is being affected like the uterus is not just floating mm-hmm. in your body and it, and it can be, it can, it can be just happy and harmonious, but it mm-hmm. can also be affected by patterns and torsions and twists mm-hmm. and rotations and tensions and dominance. And so it's, a, it's important to look at the whole system and, yeah, you know, so um, I know Lindsay really wanted to talk about, she loves talking about the extra fit, pregnant person. I do too. I get a lot lot of the extra fit pregnant person. And it's it's so interesting because a friend of mine just sent me this yoga course for men and it features this extra fit yoga guy 
but he has the hugest diastasis I've ever seen. Yes. And I took, I, I kind of marked it up and sent it back to him. And I was like, did you miss his diastasis? Cause actually it's like a marketing expert and we're just really close. And we talked back and forth and he was like, OMG, like I totally missed his enormous diastasis. And so there seems to be a correlation again. I don't like to, I'm not researching it, but there seems to be mm-hmm. a correlation with very fit and then some, I hate the word dysfunction, but some, you know, interesting body patterning. What do you mm-hmm. see in your practice? I, I certainly do see some of that. Um, I, I've been really, I, the universe has gifted me with some really phenomenal athletes in the last couple of years, like Olympic level athletes. Wow. And those folks have no problem with their births. Um, mm-hmm. but they are true professional athletes. Sure. And so they know how to work it. They know how to take care of themselves. Um, and a lot of them also tend to be fairly well off. And so they can yeah, afford being taken financially. Yes. They're being taken care of well. Um, where I do see problems are with people who have partial education, on athleticism and training or they only use like one single like this is the dude what he says is the holy gospel of my Mm -hmm. sport and that's where I see the run-in um I in general the 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 sports that I see causing particularly pelvic floor problems are things like um, running to a point of physical and mental exhaustion. Mm-hmm. Um, the CrossFit crew that are only doing CrossFit and are not also balancing the CrossFit out with gentle stretching and some type of, you know, just going for a walk just because you need to go for a walk. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, but yeah, I certainly have seen it. Um, Yoginis tend to have really tight pelvic floors. One hundred thousand. I talk about that. Yeah, yeah, you do. I hate doing it, but it's yeah, it's so true. But the thing is, we we're not saying sports are bad. We're not saying no. It's it's just if I'm an athlete and I was an athlete for a lot of my life, I think that's why I like to bring it up. I want someone to tell me, like, Mm -hmm. if I love CrossFit, cool, keep doing CrossFit. But now I know. Oh, I should also do some stretching too, or I should also Mm -hmm. do some down regulation stuff too. I think knowledge is power. (laughs) We just need education of how to move through the pregnancy in a way that is conducive to this event that we have to go through, right? Yeah, just exercising smart and exercising holistically. um, I think is is really important. Um, I, you know. Here in Minnesota, we're super wealthy in terms of prenatal yoga studios and prenatal other exercise uh, programs. There's a bunch of them out there. And I think for the most part, the the folks who are running the studios are are pretty well educated and do have well-rounded programs for people. but I think it's folks pushing themselves too hard. Like I have to get into the perfect position or I've got to make this time better or I need to be lifting harder. Um, 
you know, whatever, whatever it is, that's where I see people running into trouble is when they think they should be improving during pregnancy. And I, I really try to encourage people. I'm like, be round and soft and squishy until you're done having babies. And then you can go back to being tight and spelt. So as someone who is so body intelligent, so well balanced in your approach, and clearly knows the body and understands the tissue. I have a question. My question is, there is a system, uh, we don't need to name it, but in the system, and it was kind of featured on a television show, so then it got a lot of press. But in the system, this exercise teacher is guiding her clients to do this belly pumping action. This really, <laughs> And you can actually see the outline of the baby when they do it. Yeah. Oh, no. And and she, yeah, so it's a really strong contraction of the TVA and kind of a lift up at the same time, oh, rapid. Wow. And a lot of promising that with this, you can avoid that none of her clients get a diastasis recti. So I'm curious. Oh, interesting. Because I really do feel like diastasis recti can be, you can put all the cards in your favor, but some yeah. things are really out of our control. But Mm-hmm. Also, the shortening of those tissues as a way to prevent diastasis recti. I'm curious what your thoughts are on that. Oh. I didn't prepare you for this yeah. question. It was <laughs> no, not in there, but that's I, okay. it made me think about it as we were talking. And, yeah. you know, this idea of like, because you said that people should choose intelligent exercise approaches. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of people who do yoga would say mm-hmm. but that is an intelligent exercise approach, right? So, or maybe this belly pumping, but, but, you know, it's an exercise teacher teaching me to pump my belly so that I don't, you know, separate my abs. I'm curious if you have off the top of your head, any thoughts around? Yeah. I mean, in terms of shortening the abdominal muscle fibers to, um, create strength. So the diastasis does not happen. I would want to know the history of the person first. Like, is are they just starting this out at 20 weeks pregnant or have they been doing core exercise before they started doing this? Um, I think if the body is set up to receive something like that, it could be really beneficial. But I think if you've got someone who does not exercise regularly and has just gotten pregnant, I think... I think there's a real possibility for for some detrimental results with doing something like that. Um, toning in in general, and this is a general statement. This does not apply to everybody, but in general, when I see folks who have malpositioned babies, particularly breech babies, if it's their first pregnancy and they're just keeping their abs as tight as they possibly can that baby will not move. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so it's it's really, really important, particularly in primaps, that the abdominals in folks who are super ultra fit, that they're allowed to soften so that there's room for that baby to grow. There's room for the uterus to grow. There's room for the uterus and the baby to find their best position in that abdominal pelvic cavity. Um, yeah, the abdominal I, muscles need to be able to yield. They do. They need to be able to yield and have mm. that good, healthy um, function, not just constantly being shortened and contracted all the time because 
you know, you don't want your belly hanging out in front of you. Yeah. Um, well, it's, <laughs> I mean, it's, your belly's going to hang out in it's front going of you. to, and you know, <laughs> yes. you know, we talk a lot and I think people are starting to accept that we don't want a too tight pelvic floor. Like we want Correct. a pelvic floor that can that's functional, responsive, can yes. get tight and long, but we're not talking about it as much with the abs in our society and yeah, abs are very much glorified. And I love that you bring that into the position of the baby. Cause now that Mm -hmm. I think about it, after you say that a lot of, not always there's other things, but I see that in my extra fit clients Mm -hmm. that I do see a higher percentage of breach and first time moms. So that's fascinating. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I doubt that anyone has done any research on it because people are afraid to do research on with pregnant folks, but, um, it's really, it's so prevalent that like when I, the, the first year that I had like seven clients in a row that were all going and doing this core strengthening exercise and every single one of them had a breech baby. I started Ah, picking up the phone and calling and being like, what's going on? (laughs) And I called the midwives and I called the chiropractors and I called, I even called a couple of OBs in the area. And I I probably even called you, Lindsay. It was like, (laughs) is this real? Like, (laughs) yes. So I mean, to counteract that there are a bunch of prenatal yoga people that don't believe you should be working your core at all when you're pregnant. Yeah. And yeah. I, I take issue with that too, because I think yeah. we don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater, so to no. speak. And it's not yeah. like, don't work. We're not saying don't work your core. We're not mm-hmm. saying don't allow Engage. your core to be present yeah. in what mm-hmm. it should be doing for you all day long, which is what good core training is training your core to be reflexive and exactly. to do its job. That is what mm-hmm. good core training is. So that's not what you'd need to throw away, but there's a lot of uh, core training that's very focused on shortening, shortening, shortening the core wall. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mm-hmm. get a balance. So just to yeah. clarify for our listeners, you're not yeah. saying just don't do anything, that's, right? That's correct. Correct. Okay. Yeah. You have to, you have to find that, that happy balance specific for your body and specific for your situation. Um, because literally every body is different. And um, it's, it's one of the reasons why, I teach independently rather than being in an institution because the institutions were really pushing me to create a quote unquote protocol. And I'm like, no, I'm not willing to do that because that is, that's not going to be helpful in the long run. In the short term, great. We'll hit 70 to 80% of the people who end up in a therapist's office. But in reality, what people need are tools and to be able to have the critical thinking skills to use those tools in a dynamic and innovative way mm-hmm. for each individual person that comes into their space to get care from them. And I feel like it's the same thing with exercise is it's not one size fits all ever. It mm-hmm. always needs to be something that's dynamic and discussed between trainers and athletes, um, whether you know, it's a pro or a weekend warrior. Lindsay, I know you had maybe a few questions about breach and did you want to touch on those? Yeah, I think the the thing that I think we should ask of all the breach questions, because I know we're running out of time, is yeah. 
What are some ways, so we talked about tight abs, but what mm-hmm. are some other ways that we could be proactive to help our baby? Maybe not just breach, but mm-hmm. you do a lot of position work. What are some yeah. specific ways, or let's say the doula, a doula is listening and she's, mm-hmm. she has a client who is worried about baby position for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. What are like mm-hmm. your top things that she should be telling her client? So if the person has already knows that they're going to have the doula before they get pregnant, they need to be doing work to create balance in their body before they get pregnant. That would be the ideal. That would be fantastic. Um, During pregnancy, um, in terms of helping to create space, um, finding, finding movement that's global. And what I mean by that is that you're affecting all of your body through the movement, not just a specific area. Um, the proverbial we, um, being myself and my colleagues at Northern Lights Wellness, um, we have found that with global techniques, manual techniques, and global movement techniques, that 80% of issues can be resolved by using something that affects the entire body rather than fixating on one specific area. Mm -hmm. And so an example of a global technique would be um, standing sacral unwinding, for example. So standing at the wall and just allowing the body to spontaneously move because it it gives space and time and safety to be able to have Um, spontaneous uh, movement of the whole person and also of your uterus and therefore also of your baby. Um, And I, again, I really feel like it's underutilized. Um, It's one of the, one of the more brilliant things that I feel like Carol Phillips has, has gifted our world. Um, Doing forward leaning inversion, which is, again, another Carol Phillips technique out of the dynamic body balancing um, toolbox. Um, It is on the Spinning Babies website. Um, And uh, forward leaning inversion itself does not turn a baby. What it does do is create balance and length in the uterine ligaments especially in the ligaments between the sacrum and the back of the uterus, Mm -hmm. whereas manual therapists, we can't touch it. And that's a tricky spot to get into. So I, I tell all of my clients, as long as it's safe for them to do inversions, that they ought to start doing them right out of the gate, you know? Um, so that, you know, you've got, you're already starting to do the balance work. Um, those are probably the two biggies that are safe for most people to do. Um, there, there are definitely others, but they're, they're more specific to, to more specific conditions. Amazing. Do you do remote? So I want to know where people can find you, like what you offer online besides being local, but do you do remote like breach coaching? Like, or what I do? Don't you should. Okay. Yes. 
do. Yeah, because if yeah, you don't, do. then maybe you should. Yeah. But, okay. yeah. yeah. So tell us. Yeah, tell I me. have to actually label it that so that people are like, oh, this is the breach lady. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yes, I do. I'm currently doing online um, consults with people. And, you know, if you have a partner, if your partner is avail- available to be with you on the call, um, we can we can cover so much more ground because then I can teach your teach partners how to do some really nice, easy, basic uh, soft tissue release techniques, uh, go through a lot of the dynamic body balancing exercises in the spinning babies exercises with folks. Um, we talk about, you know, plans in terms of uh, making the work accessible in whatever day-to-day life looks like for folks right now. So yes, I am available online. Um, I know in the state of Minnesota, I'm Googleable. I, I tend to we'll be put you the in the show the notes. Yeah. yeah, we'll put okay. you in the show notes. <laughs> Basically, if you're a birth worker, have Adrian's info saved somewhere because she is like a, she is a treasure trove. Really, really. Yeah. It sounds like, I mean, it's, it sounds like you have your stuff nailed. So that's incredible. And how lucky for your clients to be able to work with somebody who's so intelligent, so confident and just gets it about the body. I think that it's, it's so, it's such a, it's a gift. So your, your clients are so lucky. Thank you. That's so kind of you to say. Well, I really mean it. I'm like, I wish you were closer to me. There are so few amazing body. I mean, there are many amazing body workers, but. Well, as soon as we're allowed to cross state lines again, I I, like New York is on my list again because I didn't get to see enough of it when I was there. Well, she's in Miami now. I now live in Miami, but I am. Yeah. Even better. Yes. So let's Sweet. say goodbye Beaches. and we can keep our chatting going after. So I want to say thank you again. And it was great chatting with you. So I'm, we're going to end our call now. And thank you. Thank you. I feel like we need to have a whole other podcast just on breach. Yes. Oh, thank you so much, Lauren. It's been such a pleasure to talk with the two of you. Thank you all for listening to the One Strong Mama podcast for birth professionals. If you haven't already, please leave us a rating and a review. We really do appreciate all of the support. If you are a birth worker with an inspiring client, or if you have a birth pro in mind that we should definitely chat with, please email us at podcast at onestrongmama.com. Also, make sure to follow us on Instagram at onestrongmamaprenatal for tips for all stages of pregnancy. And definitely join in on the discussion in the One Strong Mama Facebook community group. See you here next time. This episode is brought to you by the One Strong Mama program, the game-changing prenatal and postnatal program that prepares the body for pregnancy, birth, and beyond. Based on the Body Ready Method, teaching birth and fitness pros how to assess and train prenatal clients. Go to onestrongmama.com to learn more.